got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here, and in today's video, we have some massive news that we need to talk about because for anyone out there who is a fan of the Lakers, there is a very big change that has just taken place, and this deal just got signed. That December 25th of this year, the Staples Center is going to be renamed to the Crypto.com Arena, and I've I, been there. You have been there, and been it there. is a pretty big deal. $700 million contract for 20 years. This is, in my humble opinion, the largest brand awareness campaign, which is a type of advertising campaign, that the world has ever seen relating to cryptocurrency. Crypto.com has been making some major strides in this video. We're going to talk about not only them, we're also going to be talking about how India is banning cryptocurrency and is about to ban cryptocurrency for payments, but legalize it as an asset. We're also going to talk a little bit about Mt. Gox rehabilitation plan coming into effect, and a lot, lot more. we got a bunch of on-chain metrics to go over on Bitcoin. We're going to be looking at Chainlink, Cardano, and CRO. We're looking at CRO because it is the native cryptocurrency to crypto.com. And of course, as always, we're going to be looking at Bitcoin and Ethereum. Guys, we have a phenomenal show lined up, and I can't wait to dive into it. If you're trying to figure out where's Bitcoin, where is cryptocurrency right now, and what is the rest of the day looking like, what are the major stories that I need to know, you found the right place. This is your one-stop shop to learn about crypto every single morning. Make sure to hit that like button if you haven't already. Let's see if we can't get to 500 likes here right off the bat. I am joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend, T.A. Tim, how you doing, Tim? I'm doing good, but uh, you know, you you shot some uh, di uh, some disrespect at the Clippers, who also use the it's same also stadium. The Clippers. It's true, the and Clippers they're a are game and a half ahead of the who? Lakers. Oof. So who? They're the better team as of right now. So who are you I'm talking not, about? Yeah, I don't I'm know, saying. but I'm talking right now about Smay. How you doing, Smay? I'm like I'm doing segue? good. I'm just confused. He was saying we were make fun of somebody. I don't even know what team he's talking about. Yeah, I don't, I've never heard of the Clippers. Um, well, hey, I mean, how are the Celtics doing right now, Smith? Oh, the Oof. Celtics. You know, the Celtics. We're struggling, but you know, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm more. Yeah, they're worse I, than both the Clippers more, and the Lakers. What what team? I don't even know what team you're referencing. All I know is the Celtics' future is bright. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, guys, we got to Go ahead. I, Go have, ahead. To, Go I ahead. have to introduce Go ahead. Members. Go ahead. You started taking it away from me. Well, you forgot about the Clippers, so I thought you were going to forget about right. reading out All right, our guys, also. I want to shout out Mike the Humble Swede. Let's go, Mike. Christopher McFarlane. Let's go. And Alexandre Inacio. Thank Let's you guys go. so much for being members. I love you. Check out the membership program. Link in the description, guys. Thank you guys very, very much. Did you know that you can get exclusive merchandise for, or not exclusive, but free merchandise for signing up for the membership program? Did you know that, Smite? Can you tell them a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, guys, if you are a night and up, you guys can, uh, we're, there's coupon codes for you guys to get 100% off uh, mugs. So that's cool. And stickers. Let so, me show them really cool. quick. Can, can we, can yeah. we look at my screen? Like, yeah. this is what, like, you can get merchandise over at CryptoJab.com forward slash shop all, shop hyphen all, and you can get some of this by joining the membership program. So check out that join button down below. Guys, we got a great show lined up for you today. Like I said, we're going to be looking at Cardano, Chainlink, and CRO. Then we're going to be doing bunch of Bitcoin TA. We have a ton of things we want to talk about over there. And we're going to be diving into those news stories. Like we said, the Staples Center is now being renamed the Crypto.com Arena. We've seen things like the FTX Arena and other things come out before. We saw the first instance of this in 2014 when the St. Petersburg Bowl, uh, Bitcoin Bowl was announced. A lot of big things happening in brand awareness and cryptocurrency. This is going to be for the next 20 years, just people hearing the word crypto, 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 crypto every single time the Lakers and that other team that we shall not name have a game at home. And then we're also going to be talking about how in 
Cambodia is going to be banning Bitcoin for payments, legalizing it as an asset, and a lot, lot more. We have a bunch to jump into today, guys. But Tim, how are you doing? I'm good. Why can't doing? we name the other team? I don't think Smay should be the foremost authority on <laughs> what teams we can I've see. literally never watched the Clippers. I don't so. know who you're talking about. You I mean, I don't doubt you, that that's you not keep true. Say, no, listen, you keep saying Clippers. I mean, what what does a barbershop tool have to do with basketball? Okay? <laughs> I love how this, everything this, we say This shows why you're tackling. a Celtics fan. This shows you how much you know about basketball. No, it doesn't right. show that he's a Celtics fan. It shows us what Celtics fans are like. That's it, more it, like yeah. it shows us the, the merit and why we have two uh, LA teams. Okay, uh, drop a plus one no in sense. chat if you are an, a Lakers fan, and a, and a two in chat if you are a uh, the other. Yeah, the see, other I don't. Jeff doesn't even. He doesn't remember the name. Yeah, I just forgot. What is it called? I don't. I really don't. It's know. the Clippers. The cl- oh, the Clippers. But that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I digress. Guys, LA doesn't go. need two teams. What's a Laker? What's a Laker? That's a good point. What is a Laker? Uh, I, I mean, I can explain it, but we can keep going. We're going to keep going, guys. We're going to start off, as always, with our altcoin rundown. You guys know we like to start the show now with three different altcoins so that you guys can be caught up to speed on some of the altcoins that we are really paying a lot of attention to. We're going to start off with Cardano, and the reason we're looking at Cardano right now is because it has had a very important and significant break to the downside, and I want to make sure that you guys are informed on what's going on. Many of you guys are Cardano investors. We are as well. I like Cardano, but we want to make sure that we're giving you both sides of the story fairly so that you can be informed on what's happening and where we might be going next. Let's jump onto my screen if we're not already and take a look at ADA. We're looking at Cardano on Kraken here, and we can see that it is currently in a massive, relatively flat, but it is absolutely true, ascending wedge. As you guys know, ascending wedges typically break to the downside. We were hoping that this test up here on the uptrending level of support would result in a strong bounce with Cardano rallying up to that three to three and a half dollar territory, but unfortunately, it doesn't look like that is going to happen just yet. I would say that the reason that Cardano is breaking bearish below this uptrending level of support is quite simply the rest of the cryptocurrency market is losing some of its exuberance. We're seeing a similar thing happen on Bitcoin. We're seeing a similar thing happen on Ethereum, where we pull down and we test levels of support. We're going to look at Bitcoin and Ethereum here in a little bit. But for right now, the point is, Cardano is having a little bit of a hard time continuing to move to the upside. In fact, it is in a continual downtrend. Drop a seven in chat if you are a fan of Cardano, but you're wondering why is Cardano continually dropping? Is this something that you should be concerned about? Is this something that you should worry about? We're going to talk about that. One of the things that jumps out at me when I'm looking at the Cardano chart is this trend line right here. This trend line is drawn connecting the all-time high back on the 16th of May to some local tops and bottoms over here in mid-August, a local bottom here on September the 7th here on September 21st, and then also here on October 22nd. If we look at this, we can see that Cardano is continually testing this downtrending level of support, and we've done the same thing as of last night. In fact, just the last several days, barring uh, November the 13th, ever since November the 10th, we have been continually moving to the downside. In fact, Cardano has dropped 22% in just a week, something that a lot of people are very discouraged by. Should you be? I don't think so, but we're going to explain why. I think that Cardano, right Right now, and before I explain all of this, I'm just going to kind of tell you what I think. I think Cardano is finding strong support right here. I think that it is setting a flat level of support right here around a dollar and seventy-seven cents which, by the way, is substantiated quite a bit by the VPVR. The VPVR actually has a local point of control, depending on where exactly you draw this, sitting right up here around, you know, about a dollar and 77 cents. If you look at the previous market history, dollar 77 is where all of this, uh, it's not a point of control, excuse me, it's the beginning of the VPVR. You see that there's a lot of VPVR support sitting right here on a dollar 77, built up by all of this price action that happened back in May and June. So, remember to a couple of months ago, in fact, 
fact, not even just a couple months ago, I talk about this probably at least once a week. All of this sideways action that happened in the first half of the year in Cardano built a foundation. Why did I keep harping on that? This is why. Cardano wants this foundation. What's going on? I'm not talking about a Cardano foundation like a developer of a project. I'm talking about foundational support. All of this foundational support between a dollar and a dollar and 70 cents that we built when everybody was complaining, why is Cardano trading sideways for six months? This is a boring project was the best thing that it could have done. Because you see, what Cardano didn't do is Cardano did not just moonshot and then crash like some of these other cryptocurrencies that have crappy fundamentals did. Cardano rallied very quickly and stayed there. That means, one, it didn't get overextended, but it also means, two, it built a foundation that it can sit upon, and now it is reaping the rewards of that long-term sideways consolidation. I think that Cardano will be able to hold here above $1.77, Maybe even dropping a little bit lower, maybe to seventy, $1.70, excuse me, but I do think that we are going to hold. If we take a look here at some of our technical indicators, we are absolutely in a downtrend. Don't get me wrong. We did just have a strong sell signal come into play literally a day after a strong buy signal. Remember what we say about whenever two buy signals and sell signals contradict. Number one, don't ever use Lux Algo just for the buy and the sell signals. There's a lot more to it than that that you need to read. You want to make sure that you're using all of the technical indicators. The trend catcher was read through this whole period, so this strong sell strong buy signal was invalid. Um, Not invalid, but probably not should be listened to. But also, we are in sideways movement. We're ranging in this territory. So be careful about reading these buy and sell signals. The reason I show this is, one, yes, the strong sell signal did result in some big movement. So this might actually be important. You can see down here, we are trending rather than ranging. But also, we're sitting right up here on top of the support zone that markets, uh, excuse me, that Lux Algo is giving us. The reason that that's significant is because it aligns with what I was talking about here on VPVR, saying that we have a lot of VPVR support down here. So the point I'm making here is that for anyone who's scared about Cardano, I would say don't be. We have a ton of support beneath us, and I do think that we're going to have some sideways movement. I don't think that Cardano at this point, I thought this three weeks ago, but Cardano's proved us wrong. I don't think that Cardano's just going to have this moonshot. I think it is going to sit down here for a little while. But eventually, guys, when the market decides that it's okay, Cardano is going to moonshot and it's going to go absolutely crazy. But I think Bitcoin is going to have to be the one leading the charge. The issue is, even as we speak, Bitcoin is attempting to pull back below $60,000. As I said, we'll get to that in a minute. But first, we're going to look at Chainlink. While I grab that up, Tim, do you have any opinions on Cardano that you want to voice? I do, and I'm not happy to say it. Let's hear it. To me, Cardano on the daily chart looks to be in a descending triangle, and it looks like it just it does. Bearish, and it's it looks, true. And it just went back to the, the level of former support, now resistance. It bumped its head on it and to me, I don't think that that means long term. Like, I'm saying this to say, we're, I still think Cardano is bullish. I, I I still see Cardano going back up over four dollars before this bull rally is over, even higher than that probably. But for right now, man, and just so you know, like I'm saying this, the reason I'm kind of sad about it is because I actually made a trade in Cardano, mm. thinking we're going to bounce and explode, and we did for a little bit, and then we came back down. So it's actually probably what I'm looking at now. I'm like, man, I might need to cut my losses. Well, on well that. let me ask you this: is is right now? a time that you would be looking to accumulate Cardano. I'm sure the audience is wondering if that's something they should yeah, do. Yeah, I I would start accumulate. The problem is is that when I accumulated it, it was sitting at 202. Uh, so great. I made a little rally and I decided not to sell when we got up to 234 or whatever. Uh, I was like I think we're still going up and then we came back down and I'm getting to a place where I'm like I'm on I'm in two camps. I'm I'm one of my brain waves is saying like hey, just stay in, just rally, just stay for a long time. The other parts like hey, Cut it for right now. Get in when you because I I I'm looking at this chart 
And there's a part of me that said, hey, I think well, there, that there's Well, there's one question more. you have to ask yourself, Tim, and this is what we tell everybody. Are, yep. Is the money that you have in Cardano part of your trading portfolio or your investment portfolio? Well, I've never, I have a long, I mean, I don't think I've ever invested in my investment portfolio with Cardano. Uh, I'm still all in profit there, and I'm not going to touch that for a long, long time. I'm talking about a trade I entered okay. gotcha. a, a couple, cool. like a week and a half ago or something like that. Cool beans, yeah. So the two things you can do is either one, you can uh, liquidate that position and try and move it somewhere else and cut your 10% loss because you said you got in at 202. Mm -hmm. Or what you can do is you can roll that over to, into your investment because one of the things I've learned about trading guys is that whenever a, a trade goes wrong, you can cut your losses and try and go somewhere else. Or you can say, you know what? I'm just not going to count that as a loss. I'm just going to hold it for five years and watch it increase. I've done that many times on a trade where I'm down 10, 15, 20% on Bitcoin way back in the day when I used to trade a lot more. I would be down on a trade and you're like, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not on leverage. I'm just going to hold it. And now it's up 20x because I was trading Bitcoin when it was at three, four, five thousand dollars and that worked for me. So those are the two options that you really have when you're in a bad trade, in my humble opinion. Let's move on here to Chainlink, guys. You know that I just bought some Chainlink. I bought a lot of Chainlink, actually. I'm a big fan of this project. It is the number one Oracle application. If you don't know what that means, basically it is a protocol that allows um, different decentralized applications to pull price data and other uh, off-chain uh, data onto the chain so that, for example, decentralized exchanges are able to pull price data of what's the Bitcoin price, what's the Ethereum price, what's the Cardano price. If you don't know, it is incredibly difficult to get information like that. It's very hard for computers to even figure out what time it is. This is one of the things that Solana does with Proof of History is it tries to solve this problem of cryptocurrencies not having any idea, what, uh, excuse me, um, computers and algorithms not having any idea what time it is it's very difficult for computers and especially blockchains to get that data. So Chainlink is the premier uh, protocol that allows for decentralized exchanges and decentralized applications to not only thrive, but even exist. If you pull the plug on Chainlink or on some of these other Oracle projects, most of your favorite decentralized exchanges completely stop working. It's very, very important infrastructure and it's why I'm invested in it. Nevertheless, looking at the price action here on Chainlink, one thing jumps out to me. In fact, two major things jump out to me big time. Number one, it's in a gigantic symmetrical triangle pattern that it just broke bullish out of. Number two, there is this long-term uptrending level of support that is going to be able to support the market if we do have a fallover. And the reason I bring that long-term uptrend into picture is because at the moment, Chainlink has broken bullish, but as the rest of the market has entered a period of stagnation and stalemate between the bulls and the bears, Chainlink, like many other projects, is having a hard time continuing its rally and even trading sideways. Ways. Over just the last seven days, it has managed to correct 25%. A lot of people are very worried about that. Should I liquidate my chain link? Should I be concerned about this? Well, as I said earlier, there's two camps. Number one, are you in a trade on chain link? If so, and you're down, you can do the two things we just said earlier. Either one, cut your losses move on, or two, you can roll it over into your investment portfolio and use your lost trades as a way to build that investment, or if you're already just investing in it, then you don't need to worry about the price action. I'm invested in it. I bought it. It's at a loss right now, just so you know what I bought in Chainlink is at a small loss. I don't care because I didn't yeah. buy it for a week. I bought it for a couple of years. I'm going to be holding that Chainlink for a long time, so I couldn't care less that it's down. I believe in the project long term, but as far as the people that are in Chainlink right now wanting to trade it and the people looking for a buying opportunity for investment, is it a good investment right now? Is it a good buying opportunity? There's two arguments I see to trade it. Number one, you could short it. Number two, you could long it. Why do I say there's both? Well, one, there's always both, but there's two arguments to be made about what I'm about to show you. This downtrend right here on Chainlink that broke bullish, we are currently sitting on it and retesting it. 
This downtrend, if we break bearish below it, then that is likely going to be a phenomenal short trade. In fact, you could easily see Chainlink going down here to like $24, $22, maybe down to previous support right here. If we look at VPVR, we might find some more support. I haven't pre-analyzed the VPVR, but we're looking live here. There is some down around 20 bucks, so that might hold. Even some here around 25 bucks, so you could get a short trade off here. Personally, I think that if the entire cryptocurrency market remains as, there's that word again, anemic as it currently is, then a short trade wouldn't be a terrible idea. But I'd be careful about betting against a market when it's in a clear uptrend. We are still setting higher highs and we are still setting higher lows. The market is still uptrending, so I would be careful shorting this market. Just got to be honest with you guys, but there is an argument to be made there. On top of that, the other argument that you can make for shorting it is you could say, based on these, that Chainlink is in an ascending wedge based on this uptrending level of resistance and this uptrending level of support. That would also indicate a break to the downside here on Chainlink. What I would do if I were in anyone else's position, especially a person trying to make money in Chainlink right now, is I would not personally short this. This is not financial advice. I'm just telling you what I would do because I do have stake in, in Chainlink. I would not look to short this market. I would look to buy the dip if it crashes. That's what I would be doing on Chainlink right now because I personally don't like shorting when a market is in an uptrend, even if it looks like it's going to break bearish out of an ascending wedge. It's not a very steep ascending wedge, and there's a lot of play. There's a lot of factors at play here. So I'd be careful about going all in on a short trade. But like I said, if it drops, then there is definitely going to be opportunity there. Well, I, I mean, go for it. I, I think that we've already broken, you know, we've already broken out of that ascending wedge. I think there's a good argument that we're getting close, at least looking on the daily chart, that we're going to start flipping back bullish here soon. I think we're, we're building up. It might go down a little bit farther, but we're building up bullish RSI divergence yeah. Yeah. Uh, more and more with every movement. Yeah. And that's kind of my point is that I would like like I said, I would be very careful about shorting this position. Yeah. I'd look to buy the dip and it has already dipped. So you there is you could very easily um, justify a purchase at this level because Tim's right. You can draw this ascending wedge like this and you can say we already broke bearish out of uh, broke bearish out of it. But then honestly, what I found with ascending wedges is that oftentimes if you Crazy break bullish bullish out of it, then it just reestablishes itself. Then, yeah. you know, maybe it was just volatility in a bigger wedge. It's kind of like what we saw in Ethereum. It's a nested ascending wedge one inside of the other. Now, let's go ahead and take a look here at CRO. This is the native token for crypto.com, something that you guys are probably very interested in right now, considering this Staples Center news that we're going to get to here in a little bit. But the reason that I'm bringing this to your attention is because it's all over crypto media right now. It's up 170% in 20 days. Bitcoin is down. Ethereum is down. The rest of the crypto market is down. But CRO is continuing to rally. Why? Even before I get into the technical analysis, I will explain to you why this is rallying. It's very simple. And this is a lesson for anyone who's investing in cryptocurrency in any capacity. The reason that CRO is up is because crypto.com has a fundamental value proposition that people are using. A lot of people don't like comparing cryptocurrencies to stocks, but that's a mistake. You absolutely should compare them to stocks in that what makes a stock valuable is a profitable company or a profitable venture behind the stock. That will allow the stock price to increase. Think of Tesla, for example. Tesla not only has a profitable company, well, hopefully profitable, you know, there's a lot of things going on with Tesla, but the point is Tesla also has a very well-known brand that people absolutely love. People really know crypto.com, especially after that Matt Damon ad. I can almost guarantee you, I can't promise you, I can't actually guarantee you because there's no certainties in price, but I can almost guarantee you that a lot of people got into CRO 
Crypto.com chain right after that Matt Damon ad came out a few weeks ago because guess what? On the price action, we see it. A couple of weeks ago, October 28th, that's when that rallied. Tim, can you look up the day really quickly that that went out? I actually tweeted it the day it went out. Can you look up that Matt Damon ad for Crypto.com and figure out the day on that? I have a feeling that this started rallying almost right after that. And that's my point, guys. The amount of attention that somebody has on a cryptocurrency is going to lead it to rally. Here's the problem with Crypto.com. It is rallying for good reasons, and it is rallying based off of fundamentals. That is all well and good, but it can only dis- it can only disagree with the rest of the cryptocurrency market for so long. It's broken bullish above this long-term uptrending level of support, and it is starting a rally. And yeah, it could keep going, but the rest of the cryptocurrency market is eventually going to bring it down to earth. I guarantee you, CRO has not completely decoupled from crypto. That is one thing I can be pretty sure of. It has not completely decoupled from cryptocurrency at large. That's just not the way this works. CRO is a pretty high cap cryptocurrency now as well. It's ranked number 19, valued at $12 billion. So it's going to be hard to move it really far. Can it continue going up? Yes, but I personally don't think you're getting a great deal if you do go ahead and buy it. Why? Because remember what we said about the RSI. When RSI is sitting up here at 70, 75, it means you're not getting a great deal. I think it's a better deal to buy into Chainlink or Cardano. I think you're getting a good deal on both of those. You're probably going to get a better deal a week from now, to be clear. But I would be a little bit weary about jumping into CRO. Tim, let's go ahead and check in with the chat. By the way, just so you know, there was something we checked on the other day that was like the exact same date. October 28th was a big day for crypto because... Uh, what was it? We, you asked me to check something a week ago, and the date was October 28th. Yeah, was, Crypto.com launches global brand campaign on October 28th. So that, that's, There was something else happened that day, too. So that was I a, forgot that what was it was, but game. you're right. Something happened that day. But yeah, look at that. Check my was screen really quickly. I think the ETF news dropped the same day was as well. It, the ET- it might have been. Yeah. Uh, October 28th, Crypto.com launches a global brand awareness campaign. Take a look at the price action chart over here. This is October 28th, literally the exact day a 175% rally started. They bankrolled that ad campaign and getting Matt Damon by having, you know, $8 billion in market capitalization coming to the cryptocurrency. Anyway, we're off schedule. Let's jump on into the chat and see what they have to say about all this. We're yeah. about to jump into Bitcoin, then Ethereum, so stay tuned, guys. All right, here we go. We have one from Edward Hess saying, finally able to be here live. Let's go hit those likes. Yeah, what are the yeah, likes Yeah, smash those likes. We only got 710, four Listen, and a half thousand people say, watching. It's, it, you know, this early in the show, having four, almost 4,300 people watching, that's yeah. really great. But yeah, the thank likes you guys. only being at 700. Ah, come on. We can, the, okay, 4,300 people, 1,500 likes by the time this segment is over is extremely doable. We can definitely do that. Thank uh, you guys so much for tuning in. If you in. guys don't hit the likes, I'm going to cry. Oh, no, you can't let Smay cry. I'm gonna. Guys, uh, hit the like I'm button. I'm gonna, guys. Hurry up. Hit the like button. We don't want to see that. Uh, Fred Sturtz. Now they're all going to dislike if people on the internet are mean. <laughs> well, you know, if you guys want to dislike it, that's okay. It, that'll just make him sob. Fred Dang. Sturtz said, you have to look at Sharpay. Uh, 11M... MC made by women, hashtag woke, the next doge. Man, there's a lot going on here. Okay. Sheep, hashtag Sharpay to one billion, hashtag women in crypto. I, you know, hashtag women in crypto. Hashtag women in crypto. We love women in crypto. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to look. Is, if that's Sharpay's movement, you know. I'm good friends with some of the big women in crypto, the big the big influencers in crypto, uh, Wendy O and Naomi. They're pretty good yeah. people. Go go follow well, both I mean, their channel. Hashtag women have, in crypto. You know, as soon as we figure out all that situation, getting tailors on here, yep. two tailors, both one tailors. Male, one female. Uh, a tailor, two tailors. Yeah. Uh, Simple Man 699 said, Jeb, wow, is that? I own 708,000, almost round up to 709,088 in total. 
What would you do? Bought an average at 195 USD average. First of all, good for you, man. That is insane. Second of all, thank you for the 300 euro donation. Like, wow. I oh, yeah, really I appreciate look it. That's number. insane. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and three... 3A, uh, how much do you have in other crypto assets or are you all in on Cardano? I personally think it's dangerous to be all in on anything yeah. but Bitcoin. That being said, you've got to have your own trading philosophy. I want you to own it, so please don't just listen to me. You've got a $1.5 million portfolio in just ADA, so I'm sure you know what you're doing. Yeah. I would encourage you to potentially be, potentially, potentially be a little bit more diversified if you're not. Secondly, I assume that that you know, $1.5 million ADA position is um, an investment and not a trade. If it's a trade, if it's an investment, then I wouldn't be worried about it at all. I think exactly. you're going to make a lot of money on that. But again, I'm not your financial advisor. You have more than enough money that you absolutely should talk to one. In fact, we know one. His name's Lorenzo. You can look up Lorenzo CPA on Google. He's great. Just talked to him yesterday. Yeah. No, even clarifying what I said earlier, because, you know, people were saying something in the chat. I, I have... You know, a little less than seven hundred eight thousand uh, uh, Cardano in my uh, in my holding port. Actually, a significant amount less. <laughs> uh, but those I'm never touching. And even the concept of what I was talking about here, if you guys are watching here, what was it about ten minutes ago when I was saying I'm contemplating with my trades changing? I'm coming back to Cardano because I do think a, a bottom is coming soon. It's just if I'm in trading right now and I see another project about to start a rally and Cardano looks like it has a little bit more to go, I'm just going to sidestep that and then move back over. My trading portfolio, and this is what we talk about all the time, trading, we go back and forth, sells, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy. Holding though, investing, buy, and if you believe in it, just sit and hold even if it goes down. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have more super chats here. Corey Bates says, please talk about Satoshi court date settlement in Florida. Someone is claiming he is the creator and could have access to all Satoshi Bitcoin. He's that not the creator and he's full of it. Absolutely so crazy. yeah, we will we can talk about that if you would like. T Shroom, can you take a note of that? We should take a note. We should look into the uh, Satoshi case. We've looked into it. We should talk about the Satoshi case in a future stream. Pretty much what's going on is um Someone who is not Satoshi, Craig Wright, is claiming that he is, and he's suing somebody else over access to the $64 billion or whatever of crypto assets that whoever Satoshi Nakamoto actually is, has, and he doesn't want to pay taxes on his $64 billion that he claims to have that he doesn't actually because he's a fraud and a liar. So not going to get into it in this show. I'd be more than happy to talk about it in a future show, but it is a giant mess, and a lot of people are thinking, oh, we might actually find the real Satoshi. I have a feeling that's not going to happen personally, but we can talk about that more in the future if you would like. I hear, do we have time for one more? Sure, we have time for one more. This is a rough one. RL, I am in a bad long on Bitcoin with 10x down 70% at $60,000 mark. Uh, NFA, but hypothetically, would you cut losses? <laughs> That's a hard one. Hmm. Down 70%. Hmm. Yeah. So. I, I say this with love, uh, but I believe that the only way that I can best serve you, and that is my job, is to serve you guys, even when it isn't the most popular. In, take this as a lesson to have stop losses. You should always have a stop loss set higher than negative mm -hmm. 70%. I don't know how much money you have, and quite frankly, I don't know enough about your position to give you any specific advice on that. I know you said not financial advice, NFA. 
I like that's a really touchy situation. For all I know, you could have a thousand dollars in that trade. You could have a million dollars in that trade. You could have one percent of your net worth in that trade. You could have ninety percent of your net worth in that trade. So I don't feel comfortable advising you on that in particular. But what I will say is this: take whatever happens as a lesson to make sure that you yeah. always have stop losses. That's why we always teach about stop losses. You should never get to negative seventy percent. And please be very careful with ten x leverage. Kelly Kellum, who is the mm-hmm. person like leading our research team, he got into cryptocurrency, built up a very large valuation in crypto lost pretty much 90% of it overnight because he got into a bad leverage trade. It's one of the reasons we don't promote leverage trading platforms anymore, even though we think that they're decent, but a lot of people get burned on them. It's hard. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with leverage trading, but you do need to be very careful with it. I would encourage you to try and work with higher uh, higher dollar values and lower leverage, maybe two or three X leverage. Or just maybe one and a half leverage, yeah. maybe no leverage until you are yeah. a competent trader. Leverage is not going to make you a better trader. It is only going to exacerbate whatever results you're already getting. So if you're already winning 80% of trades, then you're just going to win even harder on those 80% of trades, but you're going to lose even harder on those 20% of trades. So try and prove yourself with 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 trades. I'm talking literally. I'm not talking one or two or three. I'm talking one, two, three thousand trades with no leverage before you start using leverage. It is very dangerous. If you're not careful, it can get you in a bad spot. I'm really sorry to hear that, man. But we're here for you. And if you'd like, uh, you can shoot us an email, support at CryptoJeb.com. We'd love to coach you through that. We can't give you financial advice, but we are here for you emotionally if that is something that you would like. Now, guys, I do need to give a word from one of our sponsors, which this is weird timing because we just went off of a kind of a sad situation, but a lot of people are asking about my watch. A couple of people asked about it recently. I do want to tell you that we are sponsored by Vincero Watches. And Tim, you actually have one as well. Can you show it to the yeah, screen? Check it out. Boom. Poor Tim with your messed up shoulder. Actually, it's the other shoulder that's well, messed up. Well, I got it? a messed up shoulder and a messed up elbow, but the elbow has set itself. I'm good for the rest of my life. It just doesn't turn, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the watch is nice. Yeah, bro. We got some dope watches from Vincero. Guys, if you don't know about Vincero yet, they're a small team out of San Diego. They specialize in watches, eyewear, lifestyle accessories, things like that. They've got a lot of really great product over. If you are an associate or if you are a CEO, it works really well for you. They're beautiful watches. I've been using their products for a very long time. I actually have a really funny story. I crashed a motorcycle over two years ago, and Tim remembers this because I was distraught and had kind of like some minor trauma from it mentally for a couple of weeks. And I landed wrist first on my Vincero watch, and I still wear it to this day because nothing happened to it. It was completely fine. I crashed a motorcycle at 20 miles an hour. I wheelied it. Like, I accidentally dumped the clutch at 13,000 RPM. For anybody that rides motorcycles, you know what that means. That's go. That's what that happened. Landed like this on my hands and on my wrists and my knees. Landed right on one of their watches. Didn't even crack. Most durable watch I've ever dealt with in my entire life. They believe in th- making things well or not at all. And that goes to show by the fact that I crashed a motorcycle on him. They craft watches for some of the world's most ambitious people. And they actually have a site-wide 30% off Black Friday sale from November 15th, which was a couple days ago through November 30th. So make sure to check out all of their stuff with the link in the description box down below. It's uh, VinceroCollective.com forward slash crypto jab, I believe. It is in the description as I said. But let's go ahead and jump right back into the technical analysis. We're going to start by looking at Kelly Kellum's Twitter. Kelly is one of the people on our research team who I was just talking about, who learned a very valuable lesson with uh, leverage trading. And uh, we actually have an interview coming out with him on Saturday. So stay tuned for that. Really, really cool guy. We love him. He's on our team. We're very thankful for him. And he uh, tweeted this this morning. Kelly Kellum said this. What's going on with this dip? Signaling the end of the bull market? No. Our emotions may make it feel that way. Data suggests that this is only the doorway to huge bullish momentum and movement to come and look at exchange outflows. People aren't looking to sell. Look at the smart money still holding steady. Take a look here at Glassnode alerts. What has happened? 
The daily on-chain exchange flows, we've seen $732 million in Bitcoin alone flow off of exchange, $255 million on Ethereum flow off of exchange. What does that mean? That means a billion dollars in outflows just happened, and that basically means that a billion dollars just went from exchange where it can be quickly, rapidly liquidated into uh, the U.S. dollar, and it went into cold storage. That's what that means. There is a term in economics called or uh, cash or cash equivalents or near cash equivalents. Basically, what that means is that you have cash in, or you have assets in a position where they can be rapidly liquidated. You can't rapidly liquidate a house, for example. You have to put that on the market. It takes a month. It's not rapid. A uh, stock that you can just go and sell, that's a near cash equivalent. You can sell that very quickly. Basically, what we just saw is a billion dollars worth of near cash equivalents just moved into long-term storage. That tells us that a billion dollars worth of the market just said, you know what? I believe in this. And I think that the market's going to do very well. It means that we shouldn't be concerned. It means that the market is confident, even though we're having a bit of a drop. I've explained my theory about the drop that's going on on Bitcoin recently. I said what I think. A lot of people bought the all-time high in April and May of this year, and they're breaking even right now. And they're pulling, they're doing, uh, they're thinking like Tim is thinking like, hey, I was down 20, 30, 40, 50 percent, but now I'm broken even. I'm going to sell, and then I'm going to go and try and find a better deal in Dogecoin or an altcoin or something. And I think that's causing selling pressure in Bitcoin. But once we get through this sticking point, then we should be able to continue moving. It's like Tim, whenever you're bench pressing, for example, or whenever you're doing any kind of lift, there's a mm -hmm. sticking point sometimes, right? Yes. That's the that's the point where it's the hardest. Like that, every it, it is the hardest. But as soon as you get through that, it's like, boom, I'm done. Then you can go to lockout. Like, that's kind of what we're looking at here on cryptocurrency. We're at a sticking point. But if we're able to get through that, and we got a good spotter, hopefully, which we do, it's called support, then we should be fine. Looking over here at another chart from Kelly, which is really interesting. Bitcoin amount of supply last active in over 10 years. This chart is completely flat for the first 10 years because basically what it's saying is... How much of the cryptocurrency has not been active in a decade? You can see from this chart that this has been rapidly increasing. The amount of cryptocurrency that has not moved in 10 or more years is sitting at 2.5 million Bitcoin. That means that 2.5 million Bitcoin basically should not even be counted in circulating supply because it hasn't moved in 10 years. It can be moved, but it hasn't moved. This is Bitcoin that has um, that, that belongs to a person that is no longer with us. This is Bitcoin that belongs to Satoshi Nakamoto's wallet. Literally all of that would be in here, for example. This means that the supply of Bitcoin is continuing to drop and drop and drop and drop and drop. There is a much lower supply right now than there could be because there's so much money locked up. A lot of people might say, well, Jeb, doesn't that mean that if this money comes back into circulation, it could be a problem and drop the price? Yes, absolutely. But why hasn't it moved yet? A lot of this Bitcoin that was bought 10 years ago was bought at under a dollar. If they were going to sell it, they probably would have sold it when it went to $1,000, which was seven years ago because, you know, they're a thousand X up. It's probably not going to move at this point. A lot of this Bitcoin might not even exist anymore. More. It might be completely lost in a landfill or something like you've seen those stories about. The point is, it means that the supply of Bitcoin is lower than we might have even originally thought. Looking at Ethereum amount of supply last active from the last three to five years, you can see that it is going down, however. A lot of Ethereum is getting active on the network, so that is pretty interesting. Now, let's go ahead and jump into our Bitcoin technical analysis. I know you guys are very interested in Bitcoin TA right now, especially considering there's a lot going on on the price. The zone of support that we talked about over the last week was between $60,000 and $62,000, primarily $61,300, which you can see with this flat level of support right here. We were getting that level from something called the VPVR, the Volume Profile of the Visible Range, 
It's giving us a level of support between 61, uh, 60, uh, excuse me, yeah, 61 and 61.5. That zone of support I told you yesterday, I don't think is going to hold. And the reason I don't think it's going to hold is because I think Bitcoin has gotten a little bit ahead of itself. I love all this sideways movement that we saw over the last couple of weeks. But right now, the fact that Bitcoin is not able to continue this rally basically tells me, look, I think we need a little bit more bearish momentum. So I've been telling you for the last couple of days that I think something like this is going to happen. In this date, time, and also price, we are going to see Bitcoin trading. Probably somewhere around fifty-five dollars to $57,000 uh, in the next week or two. I think that the rest of November is probably not going to be remarkably bullish. I think Tim and I might disagree on that. Do you disagree on that? You think the rest of November is not bullish? I think the rest of November is going to be either consolidation or bearish. Oh, no, we agree. I think we uh, do? that's where I, I've been saying I okay days. yeah like, i couldn't I, think, I couldn't remember i couldn't remember maybe I, i'm getting you, you confused that, with i'm looking at your chart you see that level of uh rising support that yep. has the two touches we're very far away from yep i i actually think before another rally we touch that now i don't think we have to go significantly down the way you just drew it mm-hmm. but i do think we need to move over to the right yeah and touch it i think we talked about yesterday how bitcoin can either do this number right here or this number right here or this number right here but the mm-hmm. point is it's probably going to come down and test this uptrending level of support and you might be thinking which by the way is a very good question jeb why would we need to do that why does bitcoin need to test that level of support it's a great question let me explain Bitcoin has moved very, very quickly. It has rallied very far, 63%. There is a principle in the market that the market, whenever it moves to the upside, there is a price to pay. You can think about it as a kind of an extension, not exactly, but kind of an extension of the uh, uh, equal and opposite reaction law. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. For every movement to the upside, there is a not necessarily equal, but opposite reaction. That's kind of the law in the market. There's going to be an opposite reaction. It might not be equal because we're not actually dealing with physics here, but there is going to be an opposite reaction. So whenever the market moves to the upside, you can expect at some point there's going to be the opposite reaction. It's going to move down. Whenever the market moves down, there's going to be the opposite reaction. It's going to move up. It's just going to happen. Hands down, guaranteed. That's one of the few things that I can promise you in markets. There will be upwards and downward movement, and I will not compromise on that because it always happens. There's never been a market that has only moved in one direction for its entire lifetime, unless its lifetime was like 10 minutes or something. For any real market that is worth billions of dollars like Bitcoin, there is going to be opposite reactions to the movements. Bitcoin has not really had a very strong opposite reaction yet. And quite frankly, the level of anemia in the market right now, and I know I keep using that word, but it kind of fits, is palpable. We're seeing it in Bitcoin. We're seeing it in Ethereum, which we're going to talk about Ethereum later. We talked about a week and a half ago how this thing was probably going to break bearish, and it did. We're seeing this take place all over the crypto markets, and I think that it's going to continue. I don't think that we're done with this yet. And by the way, I don't think the bull market's over either. I think the bull market is very healthy. This is a very important part of the market. In fact, I even have a quote that we're going to jump into when we get into our news segment from, uh, let's see, Clemente. Will Clemente, however, clarifies, we're entering the main phase of the bull market. We're going to read that quote and this context here in a minute. But I don't think there's anything to be worried about here. I think this is a perfectly fine thing that we're experiencing, so please don't get concerned about it. But it is something that I want to show you. Anyway, let's go ahead and take a look at some actual technical analysis rather than just talking theory here. The One of the things I want to show you has to do with the MACD. The MACD has been accelerating to the downside quite a bit, and it has been bearish pretty much ever since October the 23rd. We've been moving to the downside during that time, and uh, it doesn't look like that's going to recover anytime soon. It looks like it could continue for a while. The reason I say that is a lot of times when you have a bearish cross up here, you'll end up continuing down below the zero level. We saw it happen over here. We saw it happen over here. A lot of times you do end up going down below that zero level. If we did, that would likely see Bitcoin go to fifty-three dollars to $55,000, which is kind of the zone that I'm looking at right now. I do think we'll bounce from there, and I think it'll be a very healthy bounce, but I don't think we're done yet. On top of that, another reason why I foresee this happening 
happening is because there is currently a ma- massive, I was trying to say massive and then I tried to change it to major. There is a massive major downtrend on Bitcoin. That was going to get clipped. <laughs> there is a downtrend. There's lower highs here on the RSI and then there's also lower lows here on the RSI where the market is moving to the downside showing that the bears are in charge. Now, one of the arguments that the bulls are going to make is that there is bullish RSI divergence. And it's true, but that relies on the fact that Bitcoin holds here above its local support at 58K. If Bitcoin doesn't hold support at 58K, it's going to pull back and it's not going to have bullish RSI divergence, at least in my opinion. Now, also take a look here at the Bollinger Bands. The Bollinger Bands are currently giving us support. That's true. I don't think we're going to have a massive flash crash down to 53,000. I do think it's going to be a gradual process, but these Bollinger Bands are probably going to continue widening here as we're seeing more volatility come into cryptocurrency. So don't look at these Bollinger Bands and say, hey, look, we've got all this support. Well, we had all this resistance over here and Bitcoin kept moving. So don't get ahead of yourself. I think those Bollinger Bands are important and they're going to help, but they're not going to be the savior that you might be looking for. Now, we are seeing... Some long lower shadows here, which could indicate that the bulls are trying to recover the market. I don't think they're succeeding, but it is something I want to mention. Those candlestick uh, wicks do give us a little bit of confidence, if not that much. Now, one of the things down here on the four hourly chart I need to show you is that the candlesticks paint a very telling picture. We tried to bounce earlier this morning and last night and we failed. This four hourly candlestick that opened uh, three hours and nine minutes ago is currently pulling to the downside pretty hard. And if this does close below 59,700 as it looks like it's going to, then we are going to have a bearish engulfing candlestick, which is likely going to give us more bearish pressure. Look, guys, I'm not telling you bearish things because I want to tell you bearish things. I'm telling you bearish things because that is what is happening. It is very important that I'm honest with you guys and I show you both sides of the story. If Bitcoin was super bullish right now, I'd be super bullish. I'm just showing you what the chart's showing me. Don't shoot the messenger. Bitcoin right now is bearish, and that's what it is saying. It's kind of hard to argue with that, but I'd love to hear any disagreements on that. We want to have a uh, fair and open conversation. One of the things that does indicate that we could be seeing some bullishness coming is the fact that MACD is converging. But take note of what the histogram is doing down here, guys. This is really important. The histogram is flattening out, and it looks like that divergence is going to be coming back in just the next four hours if we continue to see bearish price action down here on the four-hourly chart. The reason that I said in the description that we're at a decision point on Bitcoin right now is because we most certainly are. We currently are sitting somewhere around the apex of that VPVR out here on the daily chart, and you can even see it here on the four-hourly chart. That apex of the VPVR is sitting around $61,000. We're sitting somewhere in that zone. If we start falling down the hill, then we're going to pick up momentum and we're probably going to go all the way down to the valley. It's very rare for you to drop a ball off a mountain and it doesn't go all the way down, right? It might get caught somewhere and it might you know, stay there, but normally it's going to go all the way down. It's like water. It follows the path of least resistance. Right now, the path of least resistance is to go down. The path of least resistance is not to go up. You have to put energy into the market for it to go up. And we are getting energy into the market, but I don't think it's enough. Looking down here on the hourly chart, we can also see that the histograms are going green, but, you know, it doesn't look like it's succeeding very much. We might need to get some government uh, bonds in here to keep this green movement going. It just is not looking like it's going to be able to continue. It looks like it's going to have a bearish cross happening in the next little while. I like how nobody got that. I'm sure somebody in the comments understood what I was going for there, but maybe that was a miss. Anyway, taking a look here at the RSI, we can see that the RSI is giving us some bullish RSI divergence. Again, though, guys, I, I like bullish RSI divergence. I think it's important. I think it's powerful, and I also think that it kind of already played out a couple of hours ago. So there's bullish RSI divergence. RSI divergence I can speak uh, right now wouldn't put too much stock in it though just got to be honest with you now let's go ahead and take a look at one of our uh, premium indicators market cipher want to take a look at it on the daily chart we've looked at it down on the shorter term time frames but I really want to focus in here on the daily chart 
Market Cipher B, which is one of the main components of Market Cipher, is looking pretty bearish. The money flow is continuing to the downside. The uh, RSI is continuing to the downside. The uh, VWAP is continuing to the downside. And the momentum has a red dot and has broken below the zero level. What does that mean? I understand there's a lot of lines on the chart. I'll try and break it down simply. Basically, it means that the four major signals on Market Cipher B are saying that we're bearish. The money flow is saying that there's less, it's not saying that money is leaving the market yet. It's saying that less money is coming into the market. So there's a difference there. It's saying the money that the money flow into the market is slowing down. That's what this green line is showing us. The VWAP right here is a pretty simple calculation. It's one of the simpler parts of this indicator. It's basically just saying the market is below its uh, average price over the last little while. Volume weighted average price is what VWAP stands for, by the way. These RSI lines are showing that the bears are taking charge. That's what this shows. So this right here, let me just run through these briefly. These lines show that the bears are taking charge because this shows the strength of the bulls and the bears. This line right here shows that the money moving into the cryptocurrency space is slowing down. This line right here shows that the average that the price of Bitcoin is below its recent average. And then these blue lines right here show us that the market is losing its bullish momentum. So those are the four different things that Market Cipher is showing us. And that's why it's important that we look at this. It is definitely giving us four telltale signs that the market is entering a downtrend and a pretty bearish phase. Now, taking a look here at Market Cipher DBSI, which is another part of it, we see that there are very large numbers up here on top of the candlesticks, very low numbers down here. Remember, let me break down what Market Cipher DBSI does. Big numbers, pushing force. Small numbers, pulling force. Think about uh, 15 as like two uh, positive magnets. You push them together and they push each other apart, right? That 15, that 20, those big, high, large, uh, up into the teen numbers there. It's like a teenager. It's pushing you away. It's in the teens, right? It's pushing you away. That's what that is. Think about DBSI like that. The teenager's pushing you away. Um, never was that guy. I tell me. Uh, but we also have these small numbers right here. They're pulling you towards them. They're being very negative. You know, negative people, they want you to come and be around them because they want you to comfort them. They're pulling you towards them. So these negative numbers down here on DBSI, pulling the market towards it. These big numbers pushing you away. The team pushes you away. The negative people pull you in. I guess that's a kind of a social way of thinking about that. Maybe that's a, maybe that'll help. I don't know. Basically, what DBSI is telling us, though, all jokes aside, is that the market has a lot of sell side pressure and it's it's being pushed to the downside with quite a strength. Now, guys, we're going to go ahead and move on here to Lux Algo. I also want to show you what Lux Algo is doing on the daily, four hourly, and hourly chart. We've got a lot of really interesting stuff going on there. Let's take a look at Lux Algo Premium. Lux Algo right now does have a sell signal, and this is a sell signal that I'm actually going to take into account. We saw a sell signal over here. We saw a strong buy signal over here. I didn't really put a lot of stock in these, if you'll remember, over the last couple of weeks. And the reason is the market was ranging. As I say every single time I bring this up, you don't want to look at these necessarily in a ranging market. Ranging just means trading sideways, the fancy words, some of that you know, jargon. However, whenever you see a market clearly going into a trend, which we've been in a clear downtrend for the last week and a half, you do want to take a lot of stock and take a lot of, uh, pay a lot of attention to these buy and sell signals. This sell signal has not been substantiated by some of its confirmations yet. It, uh, one, has been somewhat substantiated by Lux Oscillator moving to the downside, but it has not been substantiated by the uh, trend catcher, which is this line right here turning red yet. When the trend catcher turns red, then I will be confident in this downtrend and I will be more confident in us moving down here to 53,000. I'm waiting to see if that happens. If it does, then my kind of like, eh, maybe we're going down to 53 is going to start sounding a lot like, no, I'm pretty sure we're going down to 53,000. I'm getting there anyway, but uh, Lux Algo is going to help to confirm that. So that's what it's saying on the daily chart. It's saying, look, we're getting bearish, but it could be getting more confirmation relatively soon. The good news is, 
$53,000 is still well in the EQ cloud. It means we don't even need to go down here to the reversal zone, the support reversal zone on, on Lux Algo. This EQ cloud will be good enough, more than likely, to give us support the same way we saw back over here in late September of 2021. We will probably end up going back down to 53, but before I'm really confident on that, I'm awaiting to see if the trend catcher is going to turn red. You can see it's green right now. It has been for a while. But I think that that might come to an end relatively soon. Looking down to the four-hourly chart, we're going to get a little bit of the same. Sell signal has been in play ever since the beginning of this downtrend. On November the 10th, it's been in a sell signal for seven days. And we did have a take profit on your uh, short position right here, but it is still very bearish. And we do have absolute total confirmation of bearishness coming in from Lux Algo. How do we know that? Lux Oscillator is moving to the downside. It's red. It's setting lower highs. Sell signal up here. Trend catcher is red. We even broke below the EQ cloud, which you can see right here. I know my chart's a little bit cluttered right now, guys. I apologize for that. I'll make it a little cleaner. I'll show you just Lux Algo. We are pulling back below the EQ cloud right here, falling below it. Notice how the second we broke through the EQ cloud, that's when we entered the free fall. That's why I love Lux Algo so much, guys. These charts are really, really helpful. Guys, if you want to sign up for Lux Algo, we have a permanent 20% off coupon code, Jeb, J-E-B-B. -B. You can get it at checkout. Links down below for that. But also, these reversal zones are phenomenal. We pulled back into the reversal zone today. So what this tells me on Lux Algo is, hey, look, the market's bearish, but it is probably going to hold down here around fifty-eight to sixty thousand dollars for a couple of days before it goes on its next leg down. The reason that we pulled back down here, at least one of the reasons, was because we had a um, bear flag right here, and we talked about this a week ago, almost a week ago, how it has a price target down around sixty thousand. I said, guys, look, Bitcoin could go down to sixty-one thousand three hundred, might even go a little lower. That's what we're doing right now. That's the power of technical analysis. So, my opinion, based on everything I just showed you, let's go to full screen. Let me wrap this all up in a bow so that you guys kind of know what's going on. I know I throw a lot of technicals at you guys, and I'm trying to make this as simple as I can, but I want to make sure you understand my logic. Everything that I just showed you leads me to this conclusion. Bitcoin is likely going to have a period of sideways consolidation for the next 12 to 24 hours, maybe even up to 48 or 72 hours. That's half a day to three days. Um, and then it's probably going to continue to the downside to around 53,000. I'm getting that 53,000 from the local high that was set on the day El Salvador adopted Bitcoin, September the 8th. And I do think that we're going to hold that 53,000, and I think we'll bounce, and I think we'll enter a slow but steady and then fast uptrend moving into December. That's how my uh, that's how my analysis of the market has changed over the last couple of weeks, ever since we failed to set a significant all-time high above 67,000. We only managed to go to 69,000. Nice, but we didn't manage to continue going like I wanted to. So that is now my outlook for the rest of November. Tim, I'd love to hear yours, though. I had a question for you, Jeb. Sure. Because I was doing some, uh, while you are talking, I was doing some back analysis stuff. What do you think, you know, as we're leading in, because you're talking about the price going down, what do you think will happen during Thanksgiving next week? Do you think that Thanksgiving Day will be bullish or bearish uh, for Bitcoin? And do, like, have you gone and looked at that? Have you looked at mm. the, the, the weeks uh, in November, what the price action does? We did. We looked at it yesterday, actually. November you, weekend, no, the week yeah. after Thanksgiving from November the 25th to December the 2nd, which is something T-Shroom found. And we talked about uh, in the last six years, the worst that week has ever performed is 3.68%. So, yes, yeah. I could see see a movement to the upside. And the reason I can see a movement to the upside is because, quite frankly, by the time um, Thanksgiving gets here, we'll probably be close to $53,000, or we might be on a short little bounce after a leg down. So yeah, I could see a bullish week coming well, out of like Thanksgiving. Said, I, and I, went, I just went and looked at the charts every single time. So we've had That's Novembers right. where we're on our way up. We've had Novembers where we're on our way down. But I actually find really funny is I went back as far as 20, uh, 2016. Every single November... The week before November 
if we're even, whether we are on our way down in a bear market or whether we're on our way up in a bull market, it dips the week before Thanksgiving and the mm. week of Thanksgiving it rallies. Yeah. So and that's what I think is going to happen this yeah. month. So that's interesting. Yeah. Cool. I, I thought that was really cool. Just going back and looking. Makes at Makes sense. That See, I uh, love that. I love that's one of guys. That's why I love technical analysis. Why you should tune into this show every day is because we love finding stuff like that. Like that makes me excited. That makes me really interested. I'm like, whoa, that's happened six times. I wonder if it'll happen again, you know, mm-hmm. and it might not, it might do it. And look, technical analysis is not perfect. It's not like, you know, we're not reading stars or something. We're trying to read these charts and they're not always going to predict things perfectly. We don't claim that this is a perfect science. It's not, it's an art. It's not a science. I've said that many times. But anyway, guys, let's go ahead and jump into some of these big news stories. The biggest one is obviously this Staples Center news. This, guys, I said it at the beginning, and I promise you I'm not exaggerating. This is literally one of the biggest brand awareness advertising stories that Bitcoin's ever seen. It's not so much an adoption story as it is an awareness story. It is one of, if not the biggest awareness stories we've ever seen. You could argue the Bitcoin ETFs are bigger. This is, in the sports world, hands down the biggest. I'm just going to go ahead and show you what this is talking about from uh, Shams Charin, uh, Charania, I think. Smay, do you know who that is? I don't know who that is. Yes, I he's, a, he's, that he's is. a big uh, NBA reporter. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you know who that is. I don't because I don't watch the NBA. But I do know how important this is because the NBA is the second largest sport in America. And it's one of the biggest sports in China, if you didn't know that. The NBA is big in China now. Staples Center, the iconic home of the Los Angeles Lakers, among others, since 1999. You'll notice I skipped over a team there. We'll have a new name beginning December 25th. Crypto.com Arena. It's believed to be the largest U.S. venue naming rights deal to date. That's insane. There are two quotes that I want to take from this story, and then we're going to break this down. Crypto.com's deal is a record-setting $700 million deal, $700 million 20-year deal. And I believe, actually, I take that back. Well, I wanted to mention down here, rival cryptocurrency exchanges, most notably Coinbase and FTX, have also secured partnerships and ambassadors in sport at a rapid pace. This also follows something that happened in 2014 when the St. Petersburg Bitcoin Bowl was sponsored by Bitcoin payment processor BitPay. That game was officially known as the Bitcoin St. Petersburg Bowl. And a lot of people signed up for Bitcoin wallets and everything back then because this is what's known as brand awareness. In advertising, and we know a lot about advertising because we also have, we have a marketing team with like four people in it. So we do a lot of advertising. One of the main ways that you advertise is called brand awareness. You ever seen a billboard? It's called brand awareness. You've seen that local lawyer that you know, like da-da-da-da, da-da-da, and da-da-da. They, I've seen their billboard a hundred times. So I know that name. Whenever I get in a car accident, I'm like, huh, who should I call? Well, I know this one name because it's been ingrained in my head. That's what brand awareness is. And that's what we are seeing here. This is a big step forward for Bitcoin's brand awareness. Bitcoin's brand awareness was already looking pretty solid, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. Bitcoin's already very well known. But every single time, and I'd love for Smay and Tim to weigh in on this because you guys know sports a lot better than I do. You guys understand the whole sports ball world. Every single time that a game happens at home for the Lakers and jokes aside, the Clippers, Crypto.com is going to be mentioned. And the cool thing is Crypto.com, their name has the word crypto in it. So people are going to know the word crypto. Smay, I want to get your take on this first because I know you're a big yeah, NBA fan. No, exactly what you said is exactly right. Literally every single time there's a home game for now either the Lakers or the Clippers, you're going to see a big thing that says, now tonight at the Crypto.com Arena. And it's, you're going to see crypto stuff all over in the stands and everything. Everybody, everybody who goes to an NBA game is now going to be exposed to crypto uh, One of the at a home game there. And, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I really see this being the start of even more. Right? Because 
So here's the thing. When you look at the jerseys, right, the NBA jerseys, yeah. they are all sponsored by uh, companies on the jerseys now, too. Mm-hmm. I think the next move is we're going to see one of these crypto exchanges getting on the jerseys of an NBA player. And now there's going to probably be other arenas. Well, already happened. We've, We've already got examples of well, that. Yeah. Well, even in Europe, you know, in Europe, the European uh, football, the you know, yeah. original football, <laughs> they don't ever put their team names on the front of their jersey. They yeah. put their leading sponsor. Yeah. Who's, what team is going to have crypto.com on there? Well, it's jersey. not even crypto.com, though, because, like, now, now that we see you know, this Coinbase you know Coinbase or, and all these yep. other exchanges they're are going to see it. this and they're going to go I'm I'm betting you're we're going to see a Coinbase this, arena yeah, soon. and by the way guys this is a lot bigger than a Super Bowl ad everybody's been asking about Super Bowl ads for a long time Super Bowl ads cost five with inflation now probably 10 million dollars this is a 700 million dollar deal and Chris Johnson said in chat well now I know where all my transaction fees are going you're absolutely right they're all going to the Clippers organization <laughs> no and the other thing is you know as much as I would like to say you know because I think I even tweeted this morning I was like Crypto and sports, I love it when they mix. But here's the other thing about the Staples Center is it's not just sports. How many concerts happen at the Staples Center? That's a good point. That's a really good point, Tim. It's a basketball arena, but UFC fighting happens there. That's a good point. Literally, most events in L.A. are going to take place in that arena. So so it's not just sports. It's a sports arena that will affect other worlds. Which also means that anybody in Hollywood that didn't already know about crypto is now going to know about crypto. Full stop. Because... Yeah, yeah, people who drive past it every Yeah, exactly. People who yeah, drive it past is, it. it is the That's why this is yeah. a $700 million deal. Like, do you have any idea how much $700 million is in advertising? Like, you could buy pretty much every billboard on the East Coast for a month for $700 million. That... That is a stupid amount of money. That is, as far as this article is telling us, record-setting. So it's a pretty big deal. Drop a one in chat if you have ever been to the um, now the crypto.com bowl. Really, really big deal, guys. Let's go ahead, uh, the crypto.com arena, excuse me. Let's go ahead and take a look at this next article. Going to just read a headline here. Not going to go into too much detail on this, but I do want to mention it because it's very important. India is looking to ban Bitcoin for payments, but legalize it as an asset. The reason this is important is because India is very much interested in investing in gold and silver. And a lot of the people in India will likely be moving in the direction of investing in Bitcoin. It's sad that they're banning it for payments, but legalizing it as an asset class is something that has been in the works for a little while. And this is a pretty big deal for all of the Indian citizens for getting into cryptocurrency. I think Bitcoin and DeFi and decentralized applications and cryptocurrency at large can help out India a whole lot as it comes online and grows rapidly as it has been for the last 10 years. Now, I also want to mention this. Mt. Gox rehabilitation plan now binding crypto proponents deny major Bitcoin price impact. Two things on this. The plan is now final. 99% of the voting rehabilitation creditors approved a plan to reimburse investors for what they lost back during the 2014 hack. And a lot of people are saying that this is not going to impact price action. The reason that they think that it's not going to impact price action is simply because... um, they think it's already priced in. So there's just a little bit of an update on that story if you are interested in Mt. Gox. With that said, we're going to go into our next intermission. Tim, let's go ahead and read some super chats. We got a ton of them. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And by the way, if you haven't already, consider hitting that like button. If we get to 3,000 likes, I don't know. What should we do if we get to 3,000 likes? I don't know. That's I don't know. We'll say thank you. We will it. say thank you if we get to. You'll get a cookie. I'll give you a cookie emoji in chat. So that's a good reason to get into 3,000 like territory. The problem is, so we have so many super chats. I'm going to do my best, guys, to read all of them. However, I just know that we're there not. There are a lot, yeah. yeah we're not going to be able to get all of them. I, hopefully, I'll at least get all the names. But there are a couple here that I think are really important that people will go, uh, you know, uh, get some information out of. Go Crypto said, a while ago, you said buying Bitcoin over the counter doesn't move the market. What does that mean? Whenever you buy Bitcoin on exchange, you if you're buying Bitcoin, someone has to sell it. If you're selling Bitcoin, someone has to buy it. You have to do the same thing on, on OTC over the counter markets, but 
the way that the price action moves is that whenever you buy Bitcoin and then someone has to sell, mm-hmm. guess what it does? It goes chick because this guy's selling, you're buying, the price meets you in the middle, and then you buy again, and there's this guy up here, and then you go chick and then you meet in the middle, and then you buy, and then you you buy, they sell, it goes chick and then the market moves up. But whenever you're selling, you go chick. Is that the actual sound it makes? That's the exact sound it makes. That's the ticker symbol uh, making noise. So that's why buying and selling makes the market move on exchange. It doesn't do that on over-the-counter because you have a fixed buyer. You have a fixed buyer and seller, which is the institution itself. And so it doesn't do this whole chick, 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 chick. It doesn't do that. It just goes chick, chick, and it doesn't move. So that's a really basic, like, less than first-grade explanation, but... That might not even be helpful at all, but the point is it doesn't move because it doesn't have an impact on the exchange market. Uh, Connor Frizzell, Frizzell said, hey, Jeb, love the TA. Just wondering if this bull run could end with an alt season on the end of it. It probably will. And we saw the same thing happen in 2017. I have a feeling that that is going to happen. Yeah, because also I think, frankly, I think the alt season is going to last a lot longer this time than it did last time in 2017 because the altcoin market is so developed at this point. In fact, it's much more developed than Bitcoin is just because it has so much going on. There is so much going on in the altcoin space that, frankly, I think the altcoin space is going to be the reason that this bear market is not as bad as previous ones have been. Gotcha. Let's see. We got another one here from Gabby TC. Here we go. Gabby TC said, do you think we've bottomed out? Can you also check the 50 daily SMA? It was used to support in previous bull runs, November 2017 and Mm -hmm. January through April of 2021. Absolutely was. I actually was looking at this earlier, so this is good. It absolutely was. I will check it out real quick. The reason that I haven't shown uh, the the SMAs to you recently, guys, just because I haven't seen a whole lot on them that are super interesting. But if you have watched this channel since literally the very first day, uh, which yesterday was the fifth birthday of the channel, by the way, the um, this is a weird SMA. I don't know. Let me get a different moving okay, average. Up mine, here. mine is showing we're bouncing right off of it. Yeah, no, we probably are. Let me get an actual moving average up here. I don't know what that was. Go to nine fifty. If you guys ever watched the beginning of this channel, I literally talked about us bouncing off the fifty SMA uh, as the very first video. The first video on the channel went out right over here. I talked about how we bounced off the fifty. Right, it is literally one of the first indicators that ever made an appearance on this channel. I haven't looked at it recently, but you're right. We are bouncing off the fifty SMA. The problem is, uh, if you look at Bit- at Bitcoin's history, it normally doesn't bounce off of the 50 it normally bounces off of the 100 so if you look at the 100 simple moving average you can see in the 2017 bull market that's the one we actually bounced off of historically we almost always fall below the 50 down to the two down to the 100 we saw the same thing happen here in july mm-hmm. and the 100 coincidentally is sitting right where i think we're going and I, it's funny i didn't even look at this but it's sitting literally exactly the level i'm talking about at 53,000. so good eye i would look at the 100 as the eventual bottom not the 50 the 50 normally gets broken Gotcha. Here we Great go. Great question, though. The Crypto Badger said, look at the weekly on Market Cipher. This drop was coming. Probably was. Yeah, let's take a look at that really quickly. We're going to have to be very brief on this because we got a lot of super chats to come through. Yeah, we got one more after this. That I, we yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I'm just looking at Market Cipher here. I'm not going to spend the time diving into it, but you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, the last one, in talking about the you know LA and everything happening with the new stadium, uh, Matt C., who is, who is from Los Angeles, said people in LA are not that into uh, that are not into crypto are upset with this name change, but those of us that are in crypto and we're crypto-wise are jumping for joy. Mm-hmm. And guess what, Matt C., it's not going to be long before those non-crypto people become crypto people. Well, 
Well, I mean, the same thing. I mean, look, I'm not old enough to remember the dot-com bubble, the dot-com era. I wasn't even alive for most of it. But for any of you guys that were around for the dot-com era, how much pushback, like genuinely, I'm asking because I wasn't there. How much pushback did the public give for things like internet being named in arenas and all this stuff back then? We're in another internet age, guys. Blockchain is the next iteration of web. That is why it's so valuable. That's why we're at a $3 trillion market. And we should be expecting to see the same kind of pushback as we did before. But let's go ahead and dive into Ethereum. You guys might not like my take on Ethereum, but as always, it is our principle to make sure that we are always open and honest and transparent and show you both sides on this channel. It is very, very important to me that you guys are fully informed on what goes on here, because if you're not, you can get blindsided, and I do not want that to happen. We talked about last week how there is a very large chance that Bitcoin could break out of this ascending wedge to Ethereum. the downside. Ethereum. I said Bitcoin. You said Bitcoin. I meant Ethereum. We should. We need to make a compilation of me saying the wrong. T- it's really hard, you know, talking 700 words a minute and then jumping around between cryptocurrencies. We threw in all these altcoins and just completely threw me off. You know, have you ever noticed I never mistake Bitcoin for something else? No, you're, I mean, yeah, Bitcoin definitely is your... Uh, I'm normally your pretty good, good about Bitcoin. You yeah. know, I, I got the most history with Bitcoin. What can I say? Anyway, Ethereum, I'm sorry. We talked about how Ethereum is probably going to break to the downside last week. And we talked about how 4400 bucks which is previous all-time high set on May the 12th, and the local high that was set on September the 3rd at 4,000 are likely support levels. We broke through the first one, came down and tested the second one. And we're kind of seeing the same thing happen on Ethereum that I thought was going to happen on Bitcoin. Notice here on Ethereum with this long-term uptrend. Well, notice here on Bitcoin with this long-term uptrend. On Ethereum, I think we were going to, I thought, and I still think we're going to pull back down and test this long-term uptrend. Well, guess where the long-term uptrend is right now? Right now, it's at 3,800 bucks. In a week, it's going to be at 4,000. I think Ethereum's going to test it, and frankly, I'm not as confident that Ethereum's going to hold this level as I am that Bitcoin is, but I do think we're going to test this uptrending level of support, and I think we're going to bounce. Literally, that's pretty much my opinion on Ethereum, and I'm going to substantiate that here in a little bit, but I think it also makes a lot of sense because I believe Bitcoin is going to have a rough week as well, and we're going to see a pretty big drop on both of them. Now, the reason that I say that I'm not convinced Ethereum, I'm not as convinced that Ethereum's going to hold this level as Bitcoin is, is because Ethereum is only 4% away from that level. Bitcoin is, on the other hand, 10% away from that level. Bitcoin has already had three weeks of sideways movement to kind of pay for this rally that it had. Remember that that opposite reaction principle that we talked about earlier? Ethereum has only had four days. So I think Ethereum needs a bigger correction than Bitcoin does, but it needs to go less distance to get to the same place that Bitcoin did. So I like Ethereum. As you know, I'm, I'm heavily invested in Ethereum, but I'm looking for buying opportunities right now. If Ethereum were to break below that uptrending level of support, let's just look for some other levels. This one, for example, is in play. This is an argument to be made that, that Ethereum is holding this uptrending level of support. But I'm going to be honest with you, I do think that $3,800 to $4,000 is going to be where we're going to be hovering for a while. And the problem is, the reason I think we might even break this uptrend because if we do trade sideways for the next three or four days, like I think we're going to, then that's going to create a bear flag, and that bear flag is going to have a price target down at 3500 bucks. By the way, 3500 bucks is the neckline of, or close to the neckline of this inverse head and shoulders pattern that drove us up here in the first place. So I could potentially see us going all the way down to $3,500 to $3,600. Tim, what do you think? Do you think we could go down to 3600 bucks on Ethereum? Do you think we need that much? I don't think we need that much. I, I honestly, you know, I I think that we could bounce our head right there around 3960, 3969, somewhere in there. That's what I'm looking at on the chart. Uh, we'll touch that level of support. We'll rise up again. And, and here's the other thing is I know it, we're in an ascending, we're in an ascending wedge, which will break bearish. And I do think at some point we'll break bearish. The, one thing I will say, 
if we break bearish now, that might not be the worst thing in the world to go ahead and get that bearish break out of the way Agreed. before we make a massive rally. But I also don't know for certain that that has to happen. Also, you know, when we're looking at Bitcoin, this is where, you know, you and I are potentially in different camps. I, you know, I see the case for them both dropping down, but I also see a case for them just moving sideways in a trading channel here for a couple of weeks before mm-hmm. a rally. You know, as we talked about even looking at historical analysis, you know, we have more historical analysis on Bitcoin than we have on Ethereum, but we see on these rallies when we're hitting new all-time highs and we've retested previous all-time highs that we actually t- barely break through the previous all-time high. We actually fall back down and move sideways for a couple of weeks before we start a parabolic rally. And I think that that's the case that we're going to see on Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, And so when I'm looking at these charts, I'm kind of using my technical analysis, but also using, you know, logic and and flow and and fundamental analysis to say, I don't think that we are going to be as bearish as people, or even as the charts sometimes say, I do think we need to break down, rally and go. And I think that Ethereum has, you know, looking at red candle, I think that was actually really good for it. Yeah, I agree. It's come down far. I think a lot of people are looking at that is still seeing whether everyone agrees or not. I think a lot of people are looking at Ethereum right now saying this is a great buying opportunity. I think you're right. But I do think that as we drop far, farther, we're going to see even more of that. And another part of the reason why I think that we could pull back down there to, you know, 35, 3600 bucks is because on Bitcoin, we talked about how I think Bitcoin is going to pull back down into the bottom of the EQ cloud down here. The bottom of the EQ cloud on Bitcoin when we get to it, it's probably going to be around 53,000. On Ethereum right now, it's sitting at 3,300. If we do have a big correction, then we will probably see us go down somewhere close to the bottom of the EQ cloud, which we saw in the previous correction back over here in the end of September. And that would put us down here around 33, 34, 35, 3,600 bucks. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not feeling that great on Ethereum right now. That being said, I think that Ethereum has a phenomenal buying opportunity opening up, and I do think that it is going to respect this sell signal and the trend catcher. I have been uh, talking about at length how I use trend catcher uh, sell signals, uh, trend catcher uh, buy sell signals and Lux oscillator in tandem. Trend catchers turn red, sell signals flash, and we see the oscillators moving to the downside. That means we're in a confirmed downtrend. I'd be surprised if that confirmed downtrend lasts a day. I would expect that to last a little bit longer. So I'm not quite as bullish on Bitcoin as Tim, but I love when we disagree because that means that you guys get two different perspectives. Tell us in the chat down below, are you on Team Tim on this one? Do you think we're going to bottom out and trade sideways above 3900 bucks, Or are you on my side and think that we're going to pull back down to around $3,500? $3,600. You said, you said Bitcoin again. I said Bitcoin. I'm in Ethereum. Ethereum. Ethereum, Ethereum. I, I don't think either one of us think that Bitcoin is going to pull back down to $3,500. No, I, I would. Uh, yeah, no. I would not. be surprised. I no. would be. I would actually be very happy. I'd buy a crap ton of Bitcoin, but the channel might just lose a little bit of viewership if that happens. So maybe we shouldn't mm, root for that. People would lose a lot of money. That was, people yeah. would lose a whole lot of money. People. <laughs> would, we rarely find out who's bought too much and who hasn't. If we went down to $3,500, we'd be fine. Would you? If the answer is no, you would not be fine, then you might be overbought and you might be overinvested in crypto. Please be careful about that. Anyway, we're quickly going to do a little bit of a snapshot, guys. We're going to look at a couple of different cryptocurrencies here, and then we're going to move into our conclusion. The first one that I want to look at is one that you guys have asked for. This is our snapshot. We did our two-minute technicals earlier, but now we're going to do a little bit of a snapshot on this, and we're going to look at Uniswap. Uniswap is a great project, one that I have not personally invested in yet, but I am thinking about it, and I want to just give you a little bit of TA on this. Uniswap is down from this is not the chart that I'm looking for. Give me one second. Uniswap over 
uh, US dollar tether over here on KuCoin. There we go. That's much better. I was looking at some weird chart. Uniswap right now is under a downtrend right here, and it has been having a bit of a correction ever since the beginning of this downtrend that happened on Bitcoin and Ethereum. And remember, guys, the thing you got to realize about some of these low-cap altcoins, if you don't know, Uniswap is a decentralized exchange. It's pretty good at what it does. I like the project. It is in a giant symmetrical triangle pattern as well. But they follow the big caps. They follow Bitcoin, and they especially follow Ethereum because they're kind of built on Ethereum. If they don't follow Ethereum, then you should probably be a little bit confused. The issue that I take with Uniswap is that I think it may have already kind of hit where it was supposed to go. I don't know if Uniswap is going to be able to continue much higher from here. I mean, it probably will, but at one point, Uniswap was in the top 10. It's sitting at 16 right now. It's got $13 billion market cap. It's a great project, but I really just kind of got to wonder... How big is it going to get? We're looking at it being bigger than Crypto.com, which is the one that just spent $700 million on one of the biggest stadiums in the world. How much farther can Uniswap really realistically go? Maybe it can go a lot higher. This is cryptocurrency, but I think for Uniswap to rally up to 40 50 60 bucks, like a lot of people want, you're probably going to need to see another altcoin cycle. I think Uniswap is one of these cryptocurrencies that's kind of turning into a blue chip, at least in this market. But And I don't say that lightly, by the way. But I think it's going to be difficult for it to go into a giant rally. That being said, I think it's a good... I think it's a good project to be into to diversify your portfolio. I don't have anything against it, in my opinion. The only thing I'll, the only on thing I'll say is, that, uh, to me, it looks like a symmetrical triangle pattern. It is a symmetrical triangle that is, pattern. That came, you know, we were bullish movement coming into it. So yep. with that, we usually move out bullish. We have bullish RSI divergence on the daily chart. Uh, I'm not looking at the lower time frames because, you know, at the end of the day, things come and go. I'm, I like looking at the daily, especially when we're doing a project only every now and then. The daily chart, as far as what I'm seeing, I'm going to look at the TD and the we just had a six a red six or you know you call it a green six uh so nothing pushing there we're we're very what undersold underbought oversold oversold we're very oversold according we're to your bands um i i th- I, th- I think uni actually so is i th- i think it nice is a, so to clarify my thought i do think it's a buying opportunity okay. i was talking about very long term so yeah, maybe i, I should you. be more specific the How next long term th- you the next 3 to 6 months uh, i don't think it's going to have a gigantic rally unless the altcoin space goes into an altcoin season which is very much possible i, I frankly think, it'll probably happen i, I think, think if you're that looking we to could bu- set a new all time high i think we could too months, yeah. i i think we could too maybe i'm i don't know I, it's a little bit weird. I think right. I think it's a good project to have in your portfolio in some capacity. That's what gotcha. I say on it. Gotcha. Now, speaking of the Dexes, we're also going to look at T Shroom's favorite cake. We're going to look at cake. Hey. What is cake doing? Pancake Swap is, as you guys know, one of the bigger. Um, it's another one of those big uh, Dexes. I'll look at it over here on. Um, uh, Coin market cap sitting at number 46, got a market capitalization of $4 billion. Not bad. This is a project that has a lot more room to run, and this is kind of what I'm getting at here. I think that some of these projects have already had a lot of the run that they've already had because think about it. If if Uniswap was to go to $50, it's got to find $20 billion of market capitalization somewhere. It could do it. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of money locked in these projects, but you know, at the same time, you just kind of got to weigh the pros and the cons and the fundamentals and the technicals. Taking a look here at Cake, and this will be the last one we do for right now, we are in a giant descending wedge. Very simply, that's bullish. I mean, it, it literally is that simple. We're sitting mm-hmm. at 46. We're oversold on the RSI. In this case, because it's sitting at 46 on uh, coin market cap, I'm a little bit more bullish on this. I see more opportunity in cake. The reason I'm not as excited about Uniswap is because you've probably already made a lot of the gains that you're going to. Pancake Swap has the ability to have a lot more of those gains be realized. So that is the difference I would see in those two projects. I think they're both great projects fundamentally, but at the end of the day, you want to look for the biggest return that you can because there is the idea of of um, 
uh, sunk cost. You, if you put a lot of money into and, and uh, uh, opportunity cost also, if you put a lot of money into one project, then that's more money that you can't put into another. I think that Pancake Swap, ha- excuse, uh, yeah, Pancake Swap has a better potential return than the other. Mm. Let me take a breath. Yeah, and, and as far as looking at it, copy and paste what we just saw on Uniswap. Yeah, the it's got massive are, bullish R. The, the charts are pretty dark. They're very similar, identical. except in this case, it's in a giant descending wedge. Well, and it's also in a giant uh, symmetrical triangle. Yep. Yep. But guys, I have an announcement to make here at the end of the stream, and, that, and well, we got a little bit more to talk about. But we are actually going to be ending Crypto Bytes. If you guys watch Crypto Bytes at, at six o'clock in the afternoon every single day, that show is coming to an end. But the reason it is is because we are going to be working a lot on some really, really great content, some like tutorial style content, some basic style content. Think about it like this: If you are trying to evangelize Bitcoin at the dinner table, and you're thinking, "Man, I really want to find a video." where I can teach my aunt how Bitcoin works or why I should buy Bitcoin or I want to, my uncle wants to get into trading and he wants to know the very basics of what is a trading view and how does it work. We're going to be making videos like that and that you mm-hmm. guys are going to be getting a lot of value out of because we really have a vision here to help bring cryptocurrency to the masses. And the way we do that is by making our content less exclusive. Quite frankly, I'm surprised that there's 5,000 people watching this show just because everything that I'm talking about is so but I'm just technical. It's kind of difficult to understand what I'm talking about. It took me years to learn this stuff. This is not easy content to digest, but we want to start making some of that content that's very simple for you to digest that breaks down basic concepts, and so that we're able to have the time and the resources to make that kind of content, we're going to be putting Crypto Bytes on indefinite pause, but Crypto Espresso is going to be continuing, and you will be seeing that come out today. Can I chime in a little bit on that? Please do. Okay, so just so you guys know, I've had a lot of different titles here at uh, at Crypto Gem. You really have. But but my my job right now is, is I'm literally over the products we produce. And that is our CryptoJeb YouTube channel and making sure our social media is all good. And then we also have our courses. So for those of you who are in CT2A, uh, you know, that's what we do to teach people. And just to remind you guys, because some of you know this, some of you are newer. The whole purpose of why we exist as a company is to help people create financial freedom so that they do not stop doing the things they were made to do. How many yep. of you right Amen. now in chat took a job for higher pay that really wasn't what you wanted to do, but you needed financial security? And it made you and miserable. You, and you really wish you had done something else. Our goal is to help people unlock what they really want to do. And so because of that, we want to build a community. And you guys are a part of this. We want to go after, like right now, this show and our content is not necessarily the most uh, new crypto Noob friendly. <laughs> we want to bring in noobs and we need people like you in chat, in comments, helping each even like we can't do this by ourselves. We need a community and that's what we want to build. Not only with our YouTube channel, but on our social media platforms and with our courses like CT2A and anything future we create. Uh, so you guys are a part of that. So thank you so much for bearing with us yep. as we do shift content. But just know every time we make a move, it is the end yep. goal is how do we help people create financial freedom to do what they actually were made to do with this. I group. love that, Tim. That is absolutely phenomenal. Guys, we just live and breathe making you financially free and helping you live a purpose driven life. That's why we're here that's why we're so passionate about what we do and that's why I get super excited and you guys see me go on rants about it because that's literally the reason that I get out of bed every single morning is so that I can help provide you guys content because I love getting those emails that we get all the time about people talking about how cryptocurrency has completely changed their life. Mm-hmm. We want to help you be able to go and do that for other people. We can only impact so many people but if we're able to equip you to go and help other people, 
what kind of impact could we have? A huge yep. one. So make sure you guys subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And why should you subscribe? Because we try and come at you every single day with content that is backed by integrity and humility as core values because we want the best for you. And it is our dream that you would be financially free and purpose-driven in all that you do. So subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We're hoping to get to 250K subs by the end of the year. Make sure to follow us on our social media. Tim, I have a question for you here yes. that T. Shroom wrote that I think is pretty funny. What company would you like to be the CEO of? Oh, well, I've said before, I think just about the only thing will ever make me leave this job. If uh, Virginia Tech calls and said, we are, which they're looking for a new head coach. Oh, God. Uh, Whit Bobcock, if you are watching, uh, I am available. No, 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 uh, no. Shut it down. I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I can't lose I think, him. <laughs> I think the only thing I would ever leave this job for would be uh, if, if there's a new, like, uh, Virginia Tech football. Like, that's it. I don't think. If Florida calls, I'm sorry. Love y'all. Root for you. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. Virginia Tech calls. We're gonna have a difficult conversation. <laughs> but, but no, I love. Tim, I'll here. let you play football in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What about you, Smay? If you could be the CEO of any company, what what company would you want to be the CEO of? Um, mm, that's a tough one. I would want to be probably a CEO of like Marvel Studios or something. That'd be. That, uh, that maybe would be like uh, like that would be one, and then an, or a Lucasfilm would be another one. There you go. Or. I would say probably like the Australia Zoo or something. I would like that'd be uh, cool. That'd be really that would be cool. pretty cool. Yeah, it, I kind of weird for me to answer that question. If I could be the CEO of any company, I'd be the CEO of this company, which yes. I am. So I'm very very happy. with Dream what I accomplished. Am. Dream accomplished. Let's go. Thank you guys for making my dream come true. By the way, I always am very <laughs> thankful for that. Uh, what is it? Ooh, uh, Unsavory, Fl I don't know, Flint, I think, said CEO of the U.S. Treasury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if they were run more like a business rather than because yeah. they'd have some accountability. Anyway, let's spend the rest of the time here reading some super chats. You know, I'm going to read as many as possible. There are way too many to get through. So Sorry, I'm going to read a couple and then I'm, I'm going to say the names of everybody who did donate. Um, I won't be able to read the chat and maybe have an answer, but we have one from Simple Man six nine nine saying, "Guys, one more question: How serious should we take Plan B? They still say the end of November is of Bitcoin is ninety eight thousand. Greetings from the Netherlands, by the way. I've been wrong before. Yeah, I want to preface with that, but I think he's wrong this November. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, uh, we're, the one thing I will give him is the volume has been even when when you zoom out, even on the daily chart, as great as this rally's been, the volume's been super low." Could something spike that volume? Could something make a lot more, you know, institutional buyers come in, a lot more retail and buyers come in? That that's what we would need to actually say we're going to see a ninety-eight thousand dollar. So, it's, is it possible? Absolutely. Is it likely? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Jay Cass says, as far as long-term buys over a year, is it a good idea right now? Even though it's even though a bear market is coming, I want to make sure I read that right. So I'm going to start over. As far as long-term buyers over a year, is it a good idea right now, even though a bear market is coming? Uh, you mentioned a long-term long buy of Chainlink. So pretty much how far are we away from a bear market? Is it wise to buy right now or is it, wait, or is it wise to wait? I think a bear market will be coming in about eight months. I think it's going to happen sometime around summer yeah. of next year. I've even said before that it could happen as early as March, but I think it, I, I'm yeah. pushing that back a little bit. I've been reading a lot of articles from very non-biased people. They, they really just do not care about crypto as a whole. Uh, they don't have any reason to lie. They're looking at the way our market's moving and the price action, everything. A lot of people are predicting a late 2022, if not early 2023 bear market. Beginning. Possible. Yeah. And, and by the way, I would love that because it means that the market is continuing to grow fundamentally. Yeah. Uh, there's some, you know, I, I want to make sure 
you know, because here's the only problem is if I re- start reading any of these, you know, a lot of them are asking us to look at projects. And I want you guys to know every time you guys say, hey, could you look at this project? That is noted. We are uh, noting it's, it. Yeah. It's not necessarily a promise that we're able, but we are noting that and saying, hey, there's clearly desire here. Yep. But I want to read some of the names of people who gave and just say thank you so much. Money Badger. Uh, I think we read one from him earlier. Um, but thank you so much, Joe. Aguilis, I think is what his name was. Uh, thank you so much. EDM, Andy B, Andy Bayaz, Soul Protocol, Army Piper, M2M Games, uh, Fred Sturtz again, uh, Roger Adcock, Marlon Woodum, uh, Woodum, uh, Yuri Gutnicht. That's a fun one. Uh, and Brian Dost, thank you so much for for donating. I'm so sorry we're not able to read your super chat. The Great thing about a growing channel, but the unfortunate thing is we have so much support yeah. and we love you guys. We, and love you we guys. would love to we would love to have a one-on-one conversation with all of you, but yeah. unfortunately there are how many? You know, at one point we had you know 5,500 5, people. 600 people watching. So, yeah, there, that's yeah. a lot of people. God, we really look, we re- like listen to me, look into my eyes, look into my eyes. Come on. Look, you look okay, good. You're not like look at you're not driving. Okay, pull over, look into my eyes. I appreciate you and you're yeah. awesome and I'm proud of you and you're doing great. And have confidence in yourself because there's a lot of money in cryptocurrency. If you've just lost money, I want you to know. We've all done it. We've all been there. That's how this goes. Whenever you work out and you're trying to build muscle, you got to go through some pain, right? You're probably going to have to, you know, lift some heavy weights. It's probably not going to be very comfortable at the at the beginning, but then you learn to love the process. If you're just getting into cryptocurrency and you're discouraged for any reason, any way, shape, or form, I want to encourage you that I was too. You might look at me and think, oh, Jeb knows everything. First of all, I don't. There are so many things that I don't know. I'm learning things every single day. But second of all, you might think, oh, well, Jeb had it easy. Jeb did not have it easy. I went through all the same things that you are going through right now. So if you're struggling in any way, shape, or form, I can tell you I've been there, but I can also tell you that discipline and consistency are the ways that you're going to get through it. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that like button. We didn't get to 3,000 likes, so you get no emoji of a cookie in chat. But also make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already so that you can be part of our growing community. Follow us on our social medias as well. Tim, what are our price predictions for the end of the week? Well, you know, at this point we're looking. It's 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 caught right between you and me because I had a 61,450 prediction. Yours was 58.5. I think it needs to be, for me to win, it needs to be above 59,600. Uh, what is that right now? Fifty. So right the, seven. if we close right now, I would win. But you know, we have two more days. Uh, T Shroom is the lowest of fifty six thousand seven hundred. So he needs it to drop, you know, well below fifty eight, if not pushing closer to fifty seven. Uh, and then you know, Smay has a little work to do. He said sixty three thousand nine hundred. I I, I'm, I don't I'm know. Still confident. I'm, I don't think I'm going to predict a Smay win this confident. week. Well, we will see. It's two days left. We shall see. I'm pretty confident in saying this May is not going to win, but I'd love to hear you guys in the chat. What team are you on? Who do you think is going to win? Myself, Tim, T-Shroom, or Smay? I would love to hear it. Guys, if you enjoyed today's show, like I said, hit that like button. Looks like Sander VT, VDL gave you a cookie. So you got something. You didn't That's get one from me. But maybe we'll get to 3,000 likes tomorrow. Anyway, guys, make sure to tune in 930 Eastern every single weekday for Coffee and Crypto. That's all I got for you today. Before we go, though, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacBean Media.